0: Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we've got a very special guest on. John Polo, my partner, Frank Powers, is here because we've been dating. And so we asked him to join us on the show today. So we got a a fun little group today. So Heidi, do you want to introduce our guest? Sure, I'd love to. John is one of my favorite people. And mom, you know that
1: we've had him on our cable shows. He's been on before and he's written four books. John is an international coach, best-selling author, and keynote speaker. He became a widower after his amazing wife, Michelle, died of cancer. The latest book is a really great name. It's The Stupid Shit People Say to
0: Grievers. Welcome to our show, John. It's so great
2: to see you guys again. Thanks for having me on.
0: It's awesome to have you on, isn't it, Frank? Love
3: your title. (laughs) Thank
0: you. Thank you. Oh, so let's get going. What is some of the stupid shit people say?
2: My friend Carolyn Gower and I, we started a podcast a while ago. And on the third episode, we did an episode called The Stupid Shit People Say to Grievers. And on our social medias, we both posted, hey, if you have any stories, you know, let us know. And we're looking to share it on the podcast episode we were overwhelmed with the responses, not only by the volume of responses, but by the things that people were saying. So then it hit us, we really need to turn this into a book. And in the book, you have a lot of the basic stuff that a lot of us know, but you also have stuff that is just absolutely (laughs) jaw-dropping. So one that really sticks in my head and will not leave is a widow who had only been widowed for you know a week or two at the funeral somebody said to her don't worry your husband is in heaven now and he's okay he probably has a new girlfriend by now (laughs) yeah yeah that's one and then another one that is just like so bad I can't even wrap my brain around it a mother who lost her young child, somebody said, well, it's probably better that they passed away because they could have grown up to be a murderer or something. (laughs) And this is why, this is why like, we talk about this book and we say, yeah, you hear a lot of the normal stuff in this book. We talk about the platitudes. We talk about all the stuff that's common, you know, aren't you over it now? But we also have some comments in there that I said are just absolutely jaw dropping. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Wow. Wow. So people don't know what to say when there's a loss. Uh, I think that's part of the, the big problem. And also, I think there's as a widow, my husband died two and a half years ago. I think people are kind of thinking that could happen to me too. And so that that really kind of hits home with them a little bit.
2: People become scared that that could be them one day. And as you said, they don't know what to say. And I think there's a difference between saying something stupid in saying something mean. Yeah. I can look back to before I lost my wife, I knew loss, I lost my dad, I lost a lot of family members and friends, but I was capable of saying stupid things as well. I never said anything mean. There's yeah. a difference yeah. between that. And sometimes people just overthink it. John, All I think have- that's
1: a really, really yeah. good point. And when people tell me, why aren't you over it yet? That's mean. Mm-hmm. When people used to say to me when my brother died, oh, I can relate, my, my dog died, that was just stupid. Right. So, that, that, that <laughs> is really... is not that a pet is not a big deal, but you can't really compare that to a brother. I hear what you're saying. There's there's mean, vindic- vindictive things. And then there's just people that are ignorant and don't understand that it's not helpful. These platitudes, at least they're in right. a good place. At least it was fast. At, right. at least, John, John, you can get married again.
2: And that's in the book, too. And, you know, to me, my theory on platitudes is this. If you want to say a platitude about your own loss, have at it i think it's your loss you can say whatever you want but don't
3: bring a platitude to my table about my loss what do you think the best thing for people to do when they don't know what to say and they feel they should say something um but they don't know what to say what what in your estimation is the safest most sensitive caring thing a person could do in that moment
2: I love that question. I'm gonna give you two quick answers. So the first one, if you don't know what to say is say that, I don't know what to say, but I'm so sorry. And give that person a hug, that's it. I you know. don't need to come up with the best thing to say in the history you of have things. have to be
3: today. creative. See, I think a lot of people try not to say the typical kind of thing. And what comes out though is un- unintentionally stupid. Doing what I do now, I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I'm all these things now.
2: I have so many people that email me every day about their story, their loss. And I have to tell you guys, it felt so empty responding to these people. Because when I'm on stage, when I'm in a coaching session, I'm giving someone my heart. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Responding to an email, oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. It felt so empty. And what I started to do is I would open the space for those people. I would say, yes, I'm so sorry. But then I would also say, if you ever want to share a story Uh about your husband, Joey, or your child, Jennifer, with me. I would love to read it. So opening the space for people to talk about their person, their pain, their hopes, their love, that's critical. The four biggest reasons people self-sabotage as I see them, fear, guilt, self-esteem, and self-worth. And widowed people in particular tend to struggle with all those things, especially when it comes to dating, the fear and the guilt, right? Um, Uh I know that I dealt with that for a while as well, I started dating, opening my mind to it. Probably about ten months out.
0: Yeah, um, so you inspired me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was early, right? Or no?
2: Well, I mean, everyone's different. I have clients and friends that a couple months out,ed you know, opening their minds to it. I have clients and friends that never do it ever again. I really think every person's different. But what I realize is, nothing I do down here, nothing I do down here for the rest of my days living this human experience is going to change how much i still love my late wife michelle nothing i do down here and i'm in a new relationship of two years now and i'm in love and we're happy that still has not changed how much well, i love michelle
1: well john you're making you're making a good point. point two things can exist together you don't have to you, you can love the person that died and love the person that you're in a relationship with right now yeah you don't have to hate the person that died and cut them off to invest in a new relationship you can have both can be true which i love
2: yeah right absolutely both can be true nothing will change how much i love michelle ever Mm -hmm. if anything my love for michelle continues to grow even though i haven't seen her here in seven years
1: i think one of the one of the issues that can be an issue it doesn't sound like it is for you but i've seen it when i worked with Uh, some widows I've worked with, is that sometimes when somebody dies, they're elevated to the status of God. And Mm -hmm. so we have to be careful that we're in a new relationship. If that person, if we're, you know, having any kind of conflict with them, that we don't compare it to the idealized person that has died. Do you know what I mean? Rather than the real person that has died.
2: 100%. Yeah. 100%. Comparing is something that I had to work through myself. And again, Mm -hmm. I help clients with it. It's in my dating book. I talk about it a lot. Um, I think it's normal to have things pop into your, your mind or your heart, but what do you do with it? Right? We, we can have a comparison, maybe pop into our mind and our heart. We can visit that place for a moment. We don't have to live there. And as you said, yes, I still love my late wife, Michelle with all my heart, but she had her flaws. I have my flaws. My new girlfriend, Allie has her flaws. Y'all have your flaws, right? Like we are all flawed humans. None of us are perfect.
0: Yeah. Okay, so I, I am thinking about Frank here. He's sitting here and he's not perfect. Frank. Frank is perfect. No, and Frank, <laughs> Frank's been divorced, but it, so he's a few not, times. <laughs> yeah. So he's not bereaved. So uh how does that feel to you when uh, John says he still loves his wife more and he loves her more? His disease. Well, I, th- I think you still love Phil.
3: Yeah. I mean, the, right. Phil was a wonderful person. And thank God I don't have to compete with him. You know, we have a relationship that's separate from that. And and she can love Phil. And and, still love you. And love me too, I hope. I mean, I I think that I can love people in my past and and still be capable of loving another person. I mean, I don't think it's exclusive. And I don't think there is a limit on how much love you have. And you can give it to many people. And it's really okay,
0: And 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 it it
3: doesn't diminish the quality of that connection that you had before. And
0: and it seems to me that I could be jealous of your ex-wives or girlfriends or whatever, because I'm sure you love them and love things about them. I did. I mean, we have to realize people love things about each other and will always love them. Exactly.
3: And it doesn't diminish the connection that you have now. Because you're capable of loving more than one person. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, well, and I think that's what's important. And I think Frank does this well, at least with me. I'm allowed to talk about my dad in front of Frank. I don't, I feel like Frank, you're very open to that. You're not like, oh, wait a minute, taboo topic. And I don't know about you, John, but I mean, I think that's nice. If you, if you can mention that person maybe, and the other per- the person you're with doesn't get upset.
2: Mm-hmm. It, so my girlfriend of almost two years now, her name is Allie. It makes me love Allie more that not only does she embrace the fact that Michelle was my wife and I'm always going to love her, but she will bring her into the conversation. I don't even have to talk about Michelle sometimes. She'll ask me questions or she'll say something about Michelle. And that to me, like, that makes me even happier in this relationship. And personally speaking, I wouldn't be with someone who was jealous of my dead wife or who wouldn't let me talk about her. But the beauty in her opening that space, it's
3: beyond words. Well, I think it's a statement about her self-confidence that she's not in competition and she can appreciate the value that that your ex-wife gave you. I, I will say one thing that's really important. So when Allie
2: and I first started dating, she didn't understand it. She never showed jealousy and I would not have dealt With jealousy but she didn't understand it she didn't understand like how can you have loved this person so much and still love her but have room for another person and i would try to explain it verbally sometimes and then i'd just be kind of like annoyed because i'll be like i'm doing this all day with clients i don't want to do this right now so minor plug here i gave her my dating book and she read it (laughs) and now she kind of as much as a non-widowed person can
3: understand, oh, understand. Would you recommend that for other people, uh, that if they have some written pieces uh, of a past connection, that they, they allow the person to read it so they can understand what that relationship was all about and why it's important? Depending on what it is, I would recommend my dating book for everyone. Depending <laughs> on what it <laughs>
1: is, I think <laughs> like
3: a
2: yeah. dating like, yeah. Yeah. Just as I don't want to know everything about Allie's past, she doesn't have to know everything about Michelle. Oh, okay. and my relationship. But if the
3: person is curious and they say, right. you know what, I really, this person was so meaningful to you. I'd right. really like to understand. What yeah. 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 I think that's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Interesting. So, so what about online dating? Do you have any thoughts on that? or
2: I think online dating gets a bad rap. <laughs> I think online dating, we all know since we sweared once to talk about my book, I'll say one more. Swear word. We all know it's a shit show, but so many people find true connections and love on there. It is an avenue to find someone special. It's a shit show. But the it only game town. It's almost. Yeah.
1: The
0: now, did you meet your uh, partner now with online or?
2: I did not. Um, we actually met at the pool in my building. She lived down the hall and I didn't know, that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, know you know, I think uh, Frank and I, you know, we've written this book called uh, Open to Love the Secrets of Senior Dating. And uh, I think w- one of the things that we say in there is when you sign up for a dating app, you tell the brain that you're dating. And it changes the way you walk into the pool. Mm-hmm. You're looking around for somebody. Uh, it changes the way when you go to a bar or a restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Your brain changes when you, when you make that decision that that I'm dating.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah. And
1: and the energy you're putting out there, mom is different. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm not dating and I'm happily married. And when I'm with my friends and even when my mom was single, there's a different energy that they're putting out there. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, they're getting more attention because there's a different,
0: you know, different energy. We were, Heidi and I were just at uh, dinner with someone who um, I had suggested she do some online dating. And uh, I hadn't seen her for since I suggested it about three weeks or I don't know, three months ago, Heidi. And when she walked in, she looked totally, she looked 20 years younger. Yeah. And I said, what's up? She said, well, I did some online dating and I met somebody. And it happens
2: uh, all the time.
0: And you can just see the whole demeanor. It can sure. change a positive. So, so
1: John, you know, my, my mom and Frank talk about online dating get a, getting a bad rap. What are your thoughts about it? Why do you think it gets a bad rap? Because they would agree with you.
2: I mean, I, that's a loaded question. I think one of the reasons it gets a bad rap, other than the fact that it does suck, right? Again, it's an avenue because it can work sometimes, mm-hmm. is a lot of it's superficial, right? You're mm-hmm. swiping right or left, depending on what someone's face looks like in a second. Um, And all of the bad things about dating, it kind of brings it right into the forefront. Because instead of maybe going on one bad date over a month, now you have 14 people (laughs) who who, who you would never really talk to in person because they're just not your type of person at all. And I'm not even talking about looks, I'm talking about personality, character, everything. And, And in one day, you get hit with 14 idiots, right? And people become so discouraged so quickly because of that. But again, it is an avenue that sometimes does work.
0: Well, I like to say to people too, it takes time. I mean, you have to, if you want a day, you have to create some space for it. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if you're working all the time and whatever, you're not you're not having any space for that. It does take time right. to connect and have coffee with people. And, and Frank Lachlan- yeah, We talk
3: uh, about it that you're really interviewing people for the most important position in your life. And that is your partner. Yeah. And so if you look at it as- this is work, you know, this is really something that I'm doing, because the payoff is that I can have a relationship again.
0: Yeah, yeah. We like to tell people, you're only looking for the one, yeah. you know, it's not looking, you're not looking for dozens of hookups.
2: Right. And I mean, that's why dating coaching is one of my favorite things, because we all know, like the person you choose to be with is one of the most important decisions ever. And it was when I picked Michelle, and it is now as well, because I worked so hard on rebuilding myself and finding some happiness and finding some peace. And the last thing I was gonna do was pick the wrong person. So I was looking for someone to be an addition to my life.
0: Right, I love it. So what's, what are some of your biggest tips on when you do dating and coaching?
2: Well, first of all, people lose hope very quickly. And I understand that. But we're always one person away. And I have seen people from the age of you know, 20 to my oldest clients in their mid 70s, find love again. So that's one thing. I think people put too much on the initial spark and their first judgment of someone. I know for me, I used to be so painfully shy that I was a horrible first dater, horrible first dater. I couldn't make eye contact. I wasn't funny. But if you get to know me a little bit, I'm a completely different person. So if someone brings some things to the table that you like, I'm a big believer in like, give it a little bit of time. Give it a second and third date. Let's truly get to know this person a bit.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. How about height? I mean, I have people tell me that, that their date has to be six feet tall if it's a guy or something. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Or and, that
1: a guy even has to be taller. I mean, who made up that rule? That's yeah. such a stupid rule. I,
2: I don't want anyone to settle. I don't want anyone to settle ever. But I think that everyone needs to a step outside their comfort zone in everything in that life, not just dating. And be have a wide open mind. People put themselves in these little boxes. You know, I can only date someone within 10 miles. I have to date someone who's four years older. Like, no, the love stories that I see every day with clients and friends, they would just blow your mind how people meet and the type of person that they thought they would never be interested in. And now they're madly in love with keeping a wide open mind is so important.
0: I love it. We'll yeah, tell people great. how they can get in touch with you and find you for your coaching. And I know you're a great speaker, you're a great platform speaker. And uh, what are yeah. you up to? And you
2: well, books? just thank you. So it was great to see you guys again. I've missed you. It was awesome. Um, We've missed you so
1: too, John.
2: Everything is on my website. So my website is johnpolocoaching.com, John, J O H N, Polo, like Marco Polo, coaching.com. And it's all on there the four books, the coaching, the groups. Everything's on there.
0: All right. So you've got online groups?
2: Yes. I have online groups and workshops.
0: Tell me about those.
2: Um, So I do a monthly workshop every month and it's a different topic. So one of them is who am I now? One of them is love after loss, different topics. And then I also have, starting in October, my 11-week groups are coming. So one of the groups is like about self-esteem and self-worth. One of the groups is about dating. One of the groups is about, um, you know, grief and rebuilding and writing. So there's different things for everybody.
0: Awesome. That's great, so neat. Great. Yeah. Well, thank thank you. you so much for being on the show today. So great. Thank you,
2: guys.
1: John, thank you so much. And thank you for all your candid conversations around love after loss and dating and the stupid shit people say and please go and visit john's site and he tells it like it is and thank you for being a great example of that you can find hope after loss and love after loss yeah, and thank thanks you.
0: to frank for joining us today also thank you and thanks everybody for joining us on the show today and heidi and i and frank want to always remind you that if you've lost hope please lean on ours until you find your own and god bless
1: I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us
0: at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.